is the Hong Kong Football Podcast coming to you after a fortnight in which Pegasus feel the sting of the bee, Gill scoring three in a last day Lehman spree, and Kitchi's hero from Montenegro seals the title as they win 2-0. Yes, we are here to round off the 2020-21 season. Who did well? Who did less well? Who really won the relegation group? They'll also be the latest on the Hong Kong representative team and AFC competitions, plus all the comings and goings on the transfer market. Stay with us. My name, as ever, is James Legg, and I am joined once again by Editor-in-Chief of Offside.hk, Tobias Dusa. Hello, James. Hello, Toby. How's it going? Great. Good to hear. I'm fine too, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us both is Asian football writer Jonathan White. Hi James, how are you? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. Would anyone like to mention how hot it is? It's really, really hot. <laughs> it's too hot for football, but thankfully there isn't any. Yeah. Now. Now. Tell this to the first division players. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Okay, so first up, Kitchi, our champions. They beat Eastern 2-0 at the Hong Kong Stadium in front of a healthy crowd, 7,802. That two was you two. No, no, that two wasn't us because we were on media passes and wouldn't have been counted. <laughs> okay. So 7,802 plus. Oh, it's packed. Me- packed media <laughs> how is How is the atmosphere down at the old Hong Kong Stadium? It was really good. I think it was actually the hottest day on record in May. Since records began. In fairness, I think records began in like 1887. Based on this situation, actually, the Hong Kong FA pushed the kickoff for one hour back to 4 p.m. And the atmosphere was great. So you had the Eastern fans on, on one side, the Kitchi fans on the other. Actually, by then, 4 p.m., the pitch was already half in the shadow. It did not feel as hot anymore as you would imagine. And maybe compared to Mongkok Stadium, where you have much more sun exposure. And yeah, it actually started quite energetic. The first 20 minutes were really good. Lots of opportunities. Eastern put a lot of pressure on Kitchi. Yeah, in particular, and, yeah. they had a good chance through Lucas. And it was some quite shaky defending from Raul Bayana of Kitchi. Put him through. Should he have scored this? Yes. Was it a save? It was a save because he hit the keeper. But it's one of them. You know, he made himself big. He might not have known a lot about it. Well, it was Paulo Cesar. He starts quite big. Yeah, but he made himself bigger. <laughs> Tumescent in the Kitchi goal. Um, he should have scored. He went for power. He absolutely he tried to take the, the leather or the polyurethane or whatever's on the top of these balls these days off it. Keeper got something on it and then it hit the bar. They had another chance straight after with the corner. It did start off, as Toby said, very exciting. It was end-to-end, but, you know, it, it ended one way. Yeah, and it was that man again, Dejan Damjanovic, who made the difference as ever for Kitchi against Easton this season. Straightforward counter. He was put through over the top, held off a couple of guys, finished past Yapong Fai. He made it look easy. He did make it look easy, and it wasn't. Looking past the absolutely shocking decision of Easton to send pretty much everyone up in first half injury time, and then the ball get cleared to a man who is going to be 40 quite soon and has the legs of perhaps a 41-year-old. The ball went over the top, he broke, he was chased back, he was caught up quite quickly, but he shifted the ball, he sent the defender, 
Then the defender came back again. You know, Damjanovic doesn't have the legs. Um, but he's popped it through defender's legs and, and passed Yap in the goal. Great goal, but you have one more man back and that goal doesn't happen. Like, he's been brilliant. He is brilliant. He's better than this league. There's no doubt about that. But he's not waltzing past players that are put in front of him. So that was on Easton. They should have scored and they shouldn't have been a goal down at half-time. Quite disappointing, but maybe the occasion got the better of them. They, w- they needed the goal. They probably went too far to get it at that point. It's worth pointing out that Easton's probably their best player, Eduardo Price, the centre-back. He's been injured for the past month or so, maybe six weeks. Maybe if he'd been on the pitch, he is one of their best athletes. He's by far the best centre-back in the Premier League. Maybe he could have had a more of an impact. He'd have been playing up front at that point. (laughs) They really did send everyone forward. Sure, but I I think his presence might have made it a little bit more difficult for Dayan, at least. Um, (laughs) Although, to wrap this up, it was 2-0. Dayan again. 17 goals for him across the regular season in the championship round. And crucially, he got four over the three games against Easton. That's a 1-0 win, a 1-0 draw, this 2-0 win. So he got all four of Kitchi's goals in those three games. The extent to which he's decided this title race can't really be underestimated, can it? Cannot. <laughs> Fully agree. <laughs> One more upvote for that. <laughs> uh, so that's... The eighth league win in the last 11 years, that's... You're going pre-Sky Sports there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, of course, that involves some Division 1 wins and some Hong Kong Premier League wins. They were all the top division, of course. But they won, I believe, five out of the seven Premier League titles so far. Right? Yeah, because only Eastern and Taipo have won the other ones. This, I knew Kichi were dominant, but then when I had to go and look at this and actually read out the list and figure out that it was eight out of 11... It still kind of shocked me, just the extent to which this is still their league. And and this isn't even, with the exception of this one great signing, this isn't even the best Kitschy team. In fact, it's one of the weaker Kitschy teams, right? So That's that's the weirder bit, because they have Dayan, yes. Um, and that's dragged what are, you know, a younger Kitschy squad in general. You know, you look at the you look at the numbers sometimes and they seem old, but um, there's quite a lot of youth team players. They, they played them been a strange season but you get someone who's you know going for the record in the Asian Champions League and has proven themselves for 15-20 years at a better level if they come with the hunger to still play I think everyone needs uh, their day on don't they mm. there's the lesson <laughs> <laughs> but of course this all prompts the question of how Eastern having assembled such a good squad by probably the best squad in the league how they failed to win the league I mean the obvious answer is that they didn't beat Kitchy once, you know, over those three league games. They only got one point, one goal. Of course, Dayan has been their nemesis. But still, questions have to be asked. Well, questions have been answered in that uh, their coach, Lee Chi Kin, has been demoted, it seems. I don't know if he'll stick around too much longer. Well, the, the thing <laughs> is that they cannot really kick him out because otherwise he will take the entire team and move to <laughs> Pegasus or move to somewhere else, right? Yeah. So I think they're very careful in like keeping him around. But I think... Uh, one thing that I have noticed is that despite the squad looking very strong on paper, right, you had a couple of key players that have not lived up anymore to the previous performances that he had in previous seasons. Of course, uh, Fernando was coming off a very long injury and he has not really gained back his uh, strength that he had at Kitchi before. Lucas Silva looked not at the top of his game this season as well. 
not sure if it's because the way he was used as a, as a forward at Eastern. And yeah, at times, it, it reminded me sometimes a little bit on when, when Kitschi did have too many forwards or too many strikers at the disposal. And then they ended up actually in standing in each other's way and having therefore actually a very weak midfield. And I think maybe at, at Eastern at the moment, you do not have any more this kind of playmaker positions very much. Wong Wai has not been used a lot this year, and I think he has also not been so great when he was on the pitch. Leung Chun Pong is getting quite old. Zhao Emir doesn't seem to have the mobility required. Yeah. At times it looks like a, a squad that is already past its peak. And maybe this is why they want to start with bringing in new players. We have already heard a few departures. Yeah, well, so it sounds like Sandro is leaving. Lucas is leaving. I mean, I say sounds like this is all confirmed by the club. And long-time player Diego Eli is gone straight to title rivals Lima. Yeah, and for Ellie, it needs to be pointed out that he is a Hong Kong passport holder. So it's a naturalized player whose value is actually quite high. So that's a very good signing for Liman, who for a while have said that they actually want to sign a couple of naturalized players mm. to boost their squad. And it's a big loss for Eastern. 176 appearances, 22 goals, one Premier League title, three FA Cups, two Senior Shields, a Sapling Cup. Uh, like you say, he's, he's a Hong Konger now. It seems like a great signing for, for Liman. Definitely. So you just said that, didn't you? <laughs> I uh, still think it's a great sign. Yeah. Ah, now I can tell you stats <laughs> just came off the top of James's head. Only 22 goals. Well, where will Sandro and Lucas go? I think Sandro is a, a big question. He's one of the better paid players in Hong Kong by all accounts. And money is at a premium. So someone's going to have to probably break the bank if they want to sign him. He's, he's no spring chicken, I think it's fair to say, but he's still scored goals. He's out of the 74 strikers that Easton played up front. Um, he was the one who was still reliable. He, he was the one who was still the biggest threat, I think, in that final game of the season as well. But, you know, can anyone afford him? He had this issue before, if you remember. His departure from Kitchi was very similar when he seemed to have asked for maybe too much and then contract was not extended and he eventually ended up in Malaysia for half a season and then he was coming back to Taipo. He also only was signed for half a season because Taipo said they cannot afford him to mm. stay longer. So he always seems to a little bit push the boundaries and see like how, how much he can get. It's yet to see if it pays off, right? if he will be able to stay in Hong Kong and yeah, who will be willing to sign him. It, it might be the case. For, for Lucas, I guess there could be a couple of teams that potentially interested in him in Hong Kong. I would expect him to stay. His numbers haven't been that great. You know, it was seven goals this season. This season. Yeah. Um, you know, he was so good for Taipo. And then in his first season at Kichi, he took it up a gear and he was really unstoppable. Uh, but since then, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's been quite the force that he was. And he's also quite a specific kind of player, isn't he? He's got that kind of bulldozing approach <laughs> not everyone wants to play that way um, he doesn't really do a lot on the defensive side it's more like get the ball to me and I'll make something happen I don't really see how that would fit with say a Lee man who are a bit more of a kind of system team but let's see where he goes I mean there's a quite a few strikers we don't know where they'll be next season uh, as well as Sandro and Lucas uh, Manuel Blader don't know if he's going to stay at Lee man Robert Odu I imagine could do better than Happy Valley if the offers are there of course, what Kichi do will depend on what Dayan does. So that's just something to look out for. So I believe like uh, for the upcoming AFC Cup, the only foreign players that Eastern still have at their disposal 
uh, it's brilliantly named Everton Camargo and Eduardo Perez because the other ones are either injured like Fernando or, or playing for Lee Man. but I'd say that's still two of their better foreign players uh, but yeah that's maybe I mean I imagine they could bring people in before then I think they have a registration deadline right with the AFC so probably not fair enough it seems like the Hong Kong player registration deadline AFC Cup registration deadline probably don't match up you know, the, the calendar has gone awry. A lot of people's contracts seem to end on June the 1st this season. You know, you've seen the amount of movement since the, the regular season ended last week. If they could have done, they'd probably been better off holding on to what they had just for the AFC Cup. But then, you know, after the group stage, what happens then? It's going to be complicated, I'm sure. Yeah, so they would have been in a position where they wanted to offer one-month contracts players might not accept that because it would might affect the longer term, I guess. Yeah. And even Ellie can only try and Lehman after the AFC Cup. Okay. Oh, so he won't be playing for them no. in the AFC Cup. Good to know. Okay, so speaking of Lehman, we all know that they are the real champions. That's the real quiz. They won all three games in the championship round. The Bees followed up wins over Kitchi and Easton with a 5-1 last day win over Pegasus. There was a hat-trick for Gill. That's eight goals in his last five games, including two hat-tricks. So he's ended on a high. Buzzing. Buzzing. No trophy. Oh, yeah. There's no trophy for um, winning the championship round. Um, that would have been a much better end to the season. It would have been. Yeah. The, the championship round oh, started afresh. Like yeah, an we, NBA playoffs and Lee Man were the champions. Yeah, we discussed this. I, I, I agree. I think if you're going to go for it, go for it. I think we come to this in a moment when we talk about the relegation. Yeah, it gets even more complicated. But let's stick with Lee Man for a second because they've they've ended on such a high. I think it's it's a warning for next season to the other top teams. And you think if only they could play this well all season? Because as I mentioned last time around, they didn't pick up many points off Kitchi, Eastern and Pegasus in the regular season. And it wasn't until the chips were down that they went and the championship was on the line. Yeah, they, they thought. <laughs> yeah, I think it will come down, especially who else they're going to sign as a forward, because the very strong Gill also seems not to be a sure signing for next year as well, so he might be on his way out. Mm. They have still Bleda, but yeah, they need someone else to score the goals. So. Yeah, well, Sandro's up for grabs. It bodes well for the AFC Cup, though, if they can uh, turn it on for these mini groups where everything's on yeah. the line. So, you mentioned the relegation round. Uh, the last day of this mini-league actually came a week after the title was decided. Resources Capital beat Southern 2-1. And Lam Hock Hay got a brace as Rangers drew 3-all with Happy Valley. Uh, Valley, who incidentally ended with a 7-2 win over Res Cap and this draw. So, not the worst end of the season for them. Four points. Well, this was indeed a very crazy game. 2-1 at halftime for Res Cap, the Pink Panthers. Is that what they're called now? Or did I say this? You said that, that you never, it never stuck. So I need <laughs> to bring it up again. Thanks. And yeah, then eventually Valley turned it around with six more goals, which we have never seen before from them. Um, with a hat-trick from centre-back Luciano Silva as well. Yeah. What are the odds? Exactly. What are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not touch the odds. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, it didn't help them too much. They still finished at the bottom. Yeah, but... The way the last day had shaped up and the way that there was 200,000 Hong Kong dollars, perhaps in park and shop vouchers, <laughs> on the line for whoever won the relegation group, Happy Valley could have come out if results had gone their way on the last day with 200 grand. 
They didn't, but they could have done. Yeah. Which is exciting. But wait, they, they would have needed it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do they have any football contracts in Park and Shop? However, so you say that the two hundred thousand pound. <laughs> <laughs> that is revolutionary that, that's, the, that's the half of the annual budget of wages you say that the $200,000 was up for grabs for the winner of the group that's not technically true not is for it? The, the, the best points of the group yeah so whoever did best in those three games so the Lee Man approach yeah whereas so Southern actually won the group they finished top they finished top, but they didn't win the group. Yeah. But <laughs> they are wait, they're fifth. Wait, they're fifth. This is terrible, right? We are very much confusing our listeners here. Fifth. So there were two things happening here. There was the actual table, which is decided of points across the whole season, including the relegation round. Southern won that. Southern a fifth in the league. But there was this kind of parallel contest going on to see who does best in the relegation group. And that only includes what was in the relegation group. So whoever picks up the most points in these three games. And 200,000 Hong Kong dollars were put up by, I believe, HKFA vice chairman, but also Southern chairman, Matthew Wong, put up his own money, which could have been won by his own club, but wasn't because it was won by... Rangers. Rangers. So he now gives them, his rivals, 200,000 Hong Kong dollars... For a laugh. <laughs> well, it was worth it. Yeah, it was for Rangers. And it really spiced up that relegation group. Yeah, because 200,000, that'll go a long way. Yeah, and also when there's not really any relegation, you know, you need something. The funny thing, of course, is that Lee Mann, who we all know are the real champions, have got nothing <laughs> but Rangers. have got 200,000 Hong Kong dollars. Yeah, they should have at least put something similar for Yeah. The, I mean, I think there should be an actual little trophy. Not not little. I'm not saying. I'm the not shadow saying champions. Yeah, I'm not saying that you have to decide the title that way. There's that. There's a whole other argument. However, there should be something on the on the line. Playoff yeah. winners, Lee Man. Yeah. 2021 playoff winners. Anyway, um, t-shirts available soon from the uh, Instagram. <laughs> so Rangers finish on a high. Valley finish with four points. A and high. That's a bit of a high. Res cap, not relegated, a high. Southern, fifth place, a high. Yeah. Highs for everyone. Everyone's a winner. Yeah, relegation groups are the way forward. <laughs> as long as no one gets relegated. So, Valley did finish bottom. We all know relegation doesn't really mean relegation. What? what? Oh, what? <laughs> Asterisk. Yeah. Please, what, what, what does the future hold for Valley? So, according to Hong Kong FA the relegation again should be suspended. But Happy Valley have been in deep trouble for quite a while now because the money that they are supposed to get on a regular basis seem to have dried up. They haven't paid, I believe, most of the salaries for almost the entire season. Now that is insane. So there are players for Valley, some of whom have had to pay fines <laughs> for, for, for being massive sexists. Who haven't been paid for a full year. That's insane. It's also not massively uncommon. I, obviously, but for a no, year. No, but Inter Milan, you know, champions of Italy, they have not paid their players for quite a long time. I don't want to go on record and say exactly how long, but quite a long time. You know, every club in China seems to have this problem. You know, Hong Kong finally catching up with the rest of the world football <laughs> in not paying anyone. 
but so it seems that they have to pay the foreigners, right? So this is the, the kind of rumor that is going around because they would have probably walked out at some point. But yeah, then turned out to be this very discriminatory treatment of yeah. the players who didn't uh, see any money. It seems. All of this, of course, is alleged, but the future does not look very bright for Happy Valley at the moment. Pegasus has also similar rumors going around, mainly because Stephen Lowe, who can't go to Macau. All money, well, that, that anyway, right? <laughs> No one can go to Macau. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> well, he, him he in particular. Really <laughs> uh, although I think uh, soon he can again, right? I think it's soon expiring. The charges that he yeah. was His found guilty. His troubles. Right. He was but found guilty in absentia of... Anyway, sorry, carry on. Of course, he's very big in the entertainment industry in Hong Kong with Red Mr. It's I Mr. Red. No, yeah, Red Mr. The karaoke place. The karaoke place. Yeah. Which I was there once. <laughs> And I saw a bunch of Pegasus players coming out. I think that's how, I think that's how they get paid in like credit at Red Mister. To be fair, there is a, a buffet. Other karaoke places are available, but there's a buffet yeah. and that'll feed your players. Yeah. So, but my point was <laughs> Sorry. Right, that because of the pandemic, karaoke places have been shut for a very long time. So there, I think he made big losses and questions have come up if he still has enough cash around to burn it with a Hong Kong Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what is pretty much the case, right, in Hong Kong. But it seems to be more likely for them to stick around than Happy Valley at the moment. Now, if Happy Valley goes down, we definitely will see Hong Kong FA begging on their knees <laughs> to have... Uh, one or two clubs from first division agreeing willingly to come up to the Premier League but even there it's not sure that you find a team willing to do that in this situation well you know if teams were looking at it we've had one of our most successful promotions this year you know Res Cap the Pink Panthers the Pink Panthers have actually they didn't finish bottom and that's an achievement hmm. got a few good wins against you know mostly against the teams around them but, but they have I've, resources I've, and they have capital they have resources <laughs> and they have capital yeah well we'll see maybe they have to change their name next season because both the resources and capital have dwindled <laughs> and they just become FC <laughs> but they've done a better job than teams such as Hoi King I mean HKFC is a slightly different situation anyway but maybe they can be seen as a bit of a model of how you can come up successfully yeah, but let's see they'll probably go down as well now that I've said that be interesting to see how many teams there are come next season which we will not know until one week before the season starts a week if we're lucky <laughs> maybe a week after the season <laughs> yeah. starts I just want 10 teams that's all I want see what, what's the optimum number an even number. An even number's good. We had nine, we had 11. Neither of them was good. Yeah. 18 is the optimum number. 18's good. Yeah. I don't know if Hong Kong can sustain that. Just, you Rich. know, put the, put the Premier League and the First Division together. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Look, no silly ideas, okay? Because <laughs> I, I think 10 is out of the question right now, given that we're struggling for eight. So I believe so, yeah. Let's stick with eight. Eight is enough. <laughs> That's a TV show, isn't it? Big L song, that's for sure. So, how do you guys... I mean, serious question. Now that we've had the championship round, and it was our first ever championship round, I think I enjoyed it more than I was expecting. Yes. And it did add a little kind of sting in the tail to the season. Am I am I alone in that? No, you're not alone in that. <laughs> I fully agree. I, I do still believe that the system can be improved. I certainly prefer this kind of third round over any kind of new cup competitions that have sprung up in the last years where we had the league cup at some point just to push the number of games so i think it makes much more sense 
I do, however, wonder the way how it went this season, where we kind of were lucky that Kitchen and Easton ended up being close enough that they had to some that had something to play for. Mm. I wonder if they should adopt some of the strategies that they also use in some of the European leagues. Now, I'm not too familiar with many of them, but I know that in Austria, for example, they split the league, but then you also divide the points into half. So if you had like 20 points in before the split, then you have 14. So if there is a gap there between the teams, it's like shrinking, which makes it definitely more exciting than for the last few rounds. So, so this could be a way where you do not have a separate incentive, like putting out some money mm. to, to keep it still interesting. Or do the opposite and have points count double in the championship round? Because then Lee Man would have won the, could have won the league. I'm not saying let's just rig it so Lee Man in the league. <laughs> Sounds an <laughs> awful lot like that. But I just think it was nice. It did mean that the last three game weeks were games you wanted to watch. Um, you know, my mouth isn't watering at the prospect of like Kitchy Rescap, for example, but it might be at Rescap Valley. As it was, that was a nine goaler. You know, it just, I think it does mean things end on a high. There are things at stake. And so I, I, I quite, I enjoyed that, I think, more than say if they just included the third round of games example but yeah what about you johnny how do you feel i thought it worked out quite well as as toby said like you know the the gods the football gods were in hong kong's favor when you know it basically came down to the wire on the final day as it did season before last which you know rnf rip rnf playing eastern and then kitschy playing i think it was valley in the other game you know there was a bit of excitement there so it's nice that we've had two seasons in a row and this seems like a better way of guaranteeing that to have this third round you know if we go down to six teams you might need a fourth round so who knows where this is going but it did work out well and even the relegation bit with the you know the separate tallies the league table and the uh the fortune table and the real table yeah there was something there as well so it was a good thing it probably for a, a league the size of hong kong's whatever size that might be you know adopting something closer to scotland or other smaller leagues probably makes sense so well done everyone involved well done everyone big um, success so is there is there even any point asking who player of the season was <laughs> or should we all just say it was diana move on Diana, move on. Diana, move on, yes. I don't that's kind of depressing. <laughs> For someone who didn't even play the full season, when did he sign? January, February, before the restart, right? Yeah, before the restart, but he'd missed out on, you know, yeah. the Sapling Cup. Oh, and like a couple of league games. Yeah. So he did play most, yeah, all right, fair enough. He played 15 or 16 games, didn't he? And yeah. scored 2,000 goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit of a um, Christian Vardoc situation. He just wins everything and game over. Okay. Um, coach of the season. So I think this is quite interesting because most years when Kitchi win the league, I'm kind of like, ugh, I don't want to give Alex Chu coach of the season because he had the best team. This time, I actually think he didn't have the best team and he still won the league. It's fair enough. He, I mean, he made a very good signing with Dayan. <laughs> oh, God. I, I think I should give him that. Coach of the season is the person who had the idea of signing Dayan. <laughs> I, I would actually think that, again, Kenneth Kwok showed like his ability by turning Pegasus, who really had not a very good team on paper, into a very competitive side. And I think what's just impressive with him is that he, he ends up at, at clubs, right, that do not do well. You remember when he took over Yun Long, for example. And he actually, you can really see very soon his kind of handwriting. 
and his kind of style of play. And he does this consistently with weaker sides. And for Pegasus, I think at the beginning of the season, none of us would have seen them like being able to compete in the top four or being like at the same level with teams like Lehman. And maybe they are not just there yet, but I think he really did a great job. Yeah, so in the regular season, they finished third. Of course, that was overturned a little bit in the, in the championship round. They finished fourth. But yeah, I mean, because they were a bit of a non-entity last season, I felt, and, and I, I completely agree with you on that. Anyone want to say Pau Kar-Yu was him <laughs> coach of the season? Well, in, in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> Sexist of the year for him. A memorable season. Yeah. Memorable, yeah. Well, Johnny, unless you've got nominations of your own, it seems like you've got the deciding vote. Oh, exciting. Is it the man who signed the best player who won the league or someone who has, you know, built a reputation as quite the coach in Hong Kong and has, uh, you know, put out another team there that's that's quite impressive. And on the up, if Pegasus can stay alive and maybe sign some more players, they would be, I don't want to say dark horses, but what else <laughs> could I say for next season? I think Kenneth Kwok should get coach of the year but that's not taken away from the fact that Alex Chu has won what 12 titles in the last six months <laughs> his, his record is remarkable in the Hong Kong Premier League mm. but he starts with a, a higher base there at Kitchi and you know sort of expected to win the league yeah and it is I mean if you look at the other two top coaches Lee Chi Kin I think fell short of expectations this year and they set themselves up they were either going to win the league or it was going to be a failure and that's that's kind of Easton's position especially when they build such an admirable squad of such depth and Chan Hyo Ming I think is still doing a great job at Lee Man but in a way his problem is that he's elevated expectations there so high from a team that didn't exist a few years ago to I think I bang on about it quite a lot really but you know well run sensible they bring in you know Diego Elliott is just a continuation of this, like really sensible signings. You can see where they fit in. A settled squad, at least the starting lineup, they set up slightly different, different games. But I think I mentioned for him, just for basically maintaining that level again. And his problem now is that if he wants to win Hong Kong Football Podcast Coach of the Season, he's going to have to win the league next time around. Some people are saying he's already won the league. Some people. Some people. <laughs> Goal of the season, anyone? Rangers had a couple of long, long ranges, long ranges for Rangers. I can't believe that's the first time I've made that oh, joke, no. and it was completely by accident. All these missed opportunities. Yeah, yeah. If only they'd moved to Yuen Long and they yeah. could be the Yuen Long Rangers. <laughs> um, Augusto scored from the halfway line. That was very nice. That was against Res Cap. I think Lo Kuan Yi. There was a lengthy debate about the quality of his goal, also against Res Cap a couple of weeks ago. I think Jared Lum scored an excellent curling strike for Eastern against Happy Valley in the Sapling Cup final. We've, we've discussed this off, off camera, off mic. And what, it, what camera? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I didn't know about this. And um, we've decided that I, unless there is any dissent, that Anlock Fung, his goal against Eastern in the championship round, it wasn't a winning goal, it made it 2-0, didn't it? But what a strike, nice move, first time hit into the top corner, and I think uh, Anlok Fung is his goal of the season. I feel some dissent piling up next to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Johnny's I... got his controversial face on. <laughs> a lot of feelings on this. Lovely strike, very clean, but for me, you know, even full-backs are scoring one of them in their career. Mm. Like, he's just hit it hard, and it stayed hit, as they say. <laughs> if anything, he's hit it too well. All of them, great goal, nearly took the net off. 
but I think if we're going to go for goal of the season, I'll give it to Jared Lum's slightly more nuanced effort. And in a cup final of sorts, nonetheless. Mm. And that's only because you two have talked me down from anything from halfway. <laughs> <laughs> so my only argument against the, the Lum goal, which is a delightful goal, is that he gets his touch in. He's got a second to set himself, have a look. Does that not take a little bit of in the sense for I me? I think that adds to it because oh, it's more deliberate. Whereas just running on and smacking it could go anywhere. Let's go and watch him in training with how many of them there are. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, the debate will rage on. But yeah. I'm outvoted, so it is what it is. So you're you're the the Ruth Bader Ginsburg here. You're you're writing the dissent on on what is this is clearly the U.S. Supreme Court, a body of similar earnestness. Mm need to add a few more people to our podcast and <laughs> we're nowhere near conservative enough <laughs> well toby are you are you with me that it's it's analog funk but johnny made a very compelling <laughs> argument i need to admit so I, I was listening very carefully to the arguments laid out in front of me mm. and on second thought <gasps> i actually think that um Jared Lamb's goal would probably be the winner. Last minute drama uh -huh. in the in the race for goal of the season. I I do agree with Johnny that the extra touch actually adds to it to the finish. Wow, fair enough. I I am overruled. Jared Lamb is goal of the. He's actually one of the few players who actually listens to this podcast, <laughs> so I think that's a good thing as well. Uh, well a strategic decision. <laughs> <laughs> Might get a share on Twitter. <laughs> well, congratulations to Dejan Damjanovic, Kenneth Kwok, and Jared Lom. What about save of the season, though? Save of the season. I didn't realise that was a thing. Does anyone have any... any... There's, there's only one contender. Oh. Surely, the final game... The biggest save from the, the biggest man. Paulo Cesar against Lu saving from Lucas. Yeah. Turned the championship on its head. In fairness, you're right. If he doesn't make that save, things should have been very different. Easton wouldn't have been piling men forward. <laughs> They'd have been sitting on a 1-0 lead. Yeah. Also, Alexei Shliakotin for Rangers made some great saves during the season as well. So this is interesting because I haven't seen Rangers as much this season. Mm. And I've never rated him as a goalie. I've always... I think it's the way he, he walks. He doesn't walk like a goalie. No, he doesn't. He, he, can, he holds himself like a like an outfield player. He, he doesn't look like a goalie. And I've never thought he was very good. But this season, he's been getting rave reviews from people who have watched more of Rangers than I have. So fair play to him. Yeah, fair enough. Good, good thing to mention. He was leading the goalie of the season. Mm. Hong Kong Premier League vote. And might still well be. But I mean... Just because you don't walk like a goalie doesn't mean... You, I would say I would say that Mondi of Chelsea, I don't think he doesn't stand like a goalie. He doesn't have that low centre of gravity that a lot of goalies have. Maybe it's just a modern thing. That I'm, but, or maybe I'm just talking rubbish. Your face suggests that you're very politely trying to tell me that you think this is a weird thing to say. I just... I, I like how much you've thought about this. Oh, I've given it a lot of thought, yeah. yeah. Just one more thing, because we have not really talked about young players so much this season. Without going too much into detail, but I think uh, a few performances really have stood out. Sun Ming Him for Pegasus. He's not 21 yet, right? He's also in the representative team squad. He scored four goals mm. over the season. Regular player for Pegasus as well. For Kichi, a young midfielder, Ho Chun Ting, had also a, a very decent season, had a few starts yeah. as, as a regular player as well. Uh, certainly someone, I think, to, to watch out for. And Matthew Orr as well, surely? Matthew Orr, but he is, I think, 
What were you approaching? 25, right? Oh, he's he's Jesse Lingard yeah. of the Hong Kong Premier League. Oh, so well. he had a great season, definitely. Yeah. He's young in terms of Premier League experience. Right. Yeah. For Hong Kong Premier League, he's still like a kind of youth player. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Shinichi Chen, of course. Mm. Uh, I think maybe last season was actually better than this season for him, but still like, you know, regular player for Kitchenau. And also maybe to mention, I mean, Happy Valley and Resources Capital fielded a lot of under 22 players. Maybe for Happy Valley, Ip Chuck Man was standing out uh, as well, besides the regulars. Uh, he's also just, I believe, now 19 years old, a defender. Had also a couple of starts and yeah, definitely another local defender to watch out for as well. The Hong Kong Football Podcast comes out every two weeks, dropping on each second Wednesday. Make sure you never miss our latest show by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Okay, so Hong Kong representative team, as discussed previously, have games against Iran, Iraq, and Bahrain. By the time you listen to this, the Iran game may already have happened. But the interesting news is that all of this is being... <laughs> they've, they've announced it very late. But all of this is being screened on Now TV. So if you subscribe to that, on your, on your, either on your TV or digitally, then you can watch these games. Even if you're not subscribed to Now TV, it's, it's free. You can watch them on the Now TV app. Oh, even better. There you go. A few players have pulled out, I think, as we've alluded to. Sandro and Fernando. So Fernando was the person who I actually singled out last week as kind of like exciting addition to the squad. So he's now pulled out with an injury. That's a disappointment. It, it, it bears not to dwell too much on these games. It's a good exercise for the squad, I think, more than it is a, an exercise in trying to qualify for the World Cup or the Asia Cup. The only thing that has changed since we last spoke is that results against the fifth-place team will not count because North Korea have pulled out of everything, basically, but they've certainly pulled out of these World Cup qualifiers. And in order to decide the second place, none of the results are against the fifth-place team, which... Right now in uh, Hong Kong's group's Cambodia, who Hong Kong took points off. So, you know, Hong Kong are not coming second in this group, <laughs> safe to say. The Iraq game is on the 12th. Uh, and Toby, you helpfully pointed out to me that that's right before the first game of the Euro 2020. Turkey versus Italy. So you can make, you can a, make a day out of it. Make yeah. a night of it, yeah. Uh, Copa yeah. America on as well. Yeah, oh. All kinds oh of God. regional football. It's half past midnight. So you said it's half past midnight on the 12th. So that's the night of the 11th, right? right. So don't get mixed up. It's the night of the 11th, but it's happening mm-hmm. just after midnight. Bahrain is four days after that, which is just before France, Germany, which is one of the highlights of the group stage in the Euros. So that's exciting as well. Make an evening of that one as well. Um, Kitchi's representative team members along with Alex Chu who is part of the coaching setup are going to be flying straight from Bahrain to Thailand for their second bubble in a row straight after the game against Bahrain they're going to go to Thailand for the AFC Champions League bubble what's going on with that can you bring me up to speed I hear Guangzhou FC formerly Guangzhou Evergrande may be fielding the kids yeah that's what the uh, certainly the, the Guangzhou press have reported it will be when the ACL resumes, it will be when the Chinese Super League resumes after its several month absence so that they can all concentrate on getting to the World Cup. And with quarantine and 
the troubles that you know have, have seen players not get into China. It seems that Guangzhou will send youth teamers and maybe the reserves. So that'd be good for Kitchi if it takes place in Thailand. Covid has wrought havoc on the calendar, and there's been rumours that it may not stay in Thailand. Perhaps even Hong Kong could host it, but we're still waiting on Hong Kong officially hosting the AFC Cup because the quarantine deal has not been sealed. So, is there any clarity yet on who will actually be in this group along with Kichi and Guangzhou FC? Thailand's port. Yep, porter in it. <laughs> Um, and then there's a playoff, which I think is Cerezo Osaka and Melbourne City. I'm almost certain of this. <laughs> that they'll join Port, Kitchi and Guangzhou FC Reserves. <laughs> In a country yet to be decided. Yeah, it all seems a bit like a fake game of Pro Evo you've set up. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the AFC Cup, any news on that? Lee Man going into it. Hot. Hot. Buzzing. Yeah. Eastern going into it. Less hot. Less buzzing. Losing players left, right and centre. It's still meant to be happening. It's not officially not happening. It's not officially happening. It's very much in the uh, the spirit of the season. But if it does happen, there may or may not be fans. And it will be really hot at Hong Kong Stadium. <laughs> the good thing is we did find out from that last game that the pitch will be shaded. Even if that one stand where all the Eastern fans went will be absolutely blazing hot. Yeah. And respect to them for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, altogether, I think it's in so far exciting because the Hong Kong teams have something to play for. And these are generally the AFC competition points, the club points that will, in the years to come, decide about if we have a starting position in the ACL group stages. As it looks at the moment for next year still, Kichi would only start in the qualifying playoff, provided that North Korea is claiming their spot, which probably is unlikely. North Korea has been disqualified, right, from the World Cup qualifiers. They pulled out. They pulled out. And this yep. is why the whole fifth team results do not count anymore. So it is very likely. And it, as long as they pull out, then Kichi would again advance to the group stages directly, which would be good news because it also means then we know exactly that Eastern would start in the AFC Cup. At the moment, they would just be in the qualifier as long as Kichi might still drop out of the ACL qualifiers and would go to the AFC Cup instead. So in total, right, we want, of course, as many participants as possible. And ideally, if Kichi does have the chance to get some extra points against sides like Guangzhou, who do not take it as seriously, then that's a great opportunity and definitely something to watch out for. So we mentioned last week how well Hong Kong defender Leung Nok Hang was doing for Zhejiang in China League One, how they had this excellent defensive record. And then they went and conceded four against Meizhou Hacker. Luckily, they won 5-4. It looked like an absolutely insane game. They were 4-2 down at halftime and um, brought it back to 5-4. Leung Nok Hang was actually sent off in the dying minutes for a foul on everyone's favourite former typo player Igor Sartori who come off the bench it sounds like a cracking game that, I just wanted to bring you all up to speed on that <laughs> um, it's been a bit quiet on that front because the CSL is on a break for all of this alleged international football purported that's about it for this week I think we've brought everyone up to speed on the latest the comings and indeed the goings um, does anyone have anything to add before we leave any other business leave for how long Oh yeah, when are we when are we gonna come back? 
live transfer update? Yeah, uh, maybe you'll hear from us in a couple of weeks. If something extraordinary happens. Yeah, or just to talk about the AFC Cup or the Champions League. Or well, if Hong Kong get nine points, we'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> Until then, listeners, have a good summer. Stay cool out there. Get vaccinated. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We like Hong Kong. That's a place for you.